Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. You're having bedlam already in the streets. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Studio C. Joe is still wiping off with Clorox wipes over there, even though I don't think anybody comes in here while we're gone. But you don't know if Cretans are in this studio while we're gone. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes somebody else has signed on to my computer. Bus boys, Jack. Little freaks, bring your bags up to the room. (laughs) Overnighters, Jack. Weekend DJs, Jack. I don't want super soaked with Clorox. I know. Those are extra Cloroxy. I like You know, them. I'm going to drink a little of it, just like the president said I should. Because the president said you should. You remember when that was a story? I, it's still a story. I saw oh. uh, 
Saw a story on it yesterday. Please. Anyway, dimly lit room, etc., etc. It's a little Friday, right? We're that close to the weekend, and today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Georgia! And other states and municipalities that, as of a couple of weeks ago, substantially opened. Georgia, to a large extent. Now, listen, some of you, if leaping to conclusions was an Olympic event, you'd be gold medalists. But, I will tell you this, and don't leap. But thus far, two weeks down the road, which is about what you'd expect to uh, be the time period where you'd see a spike in cases in places that have opened up, there's not only been no spike, there's been a decline. Yeah, I saw somebody tweeted yesterday, uh, remember when we were told that Georgia opening up would lead to many deaths? That was Those were good times. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was two weeks ago, and, uh, and they've had a decrease? Yeah, it's just it's continued to decline slowly. Uh, it's a, it's a good sign. Let's see how it right. goes, but it's a very good sign. God, God, the constant alarmism of the media to keep you tuned in is so irresponsible. So much of all this stuff we're only going to know with the benefit of 2020 hindsight. Yep. And of course, we all will have various declarations of, oh, I knew it. Oh, uh, you know, once all that's revealed. But if if that one story turns out to be true, remember from a couple of weeks ago that the the, the thing has got like a seventy day cycle, whether you clamp down or not, mm. you know, and that's been backed up by a few countries and cities and states and that, that right, it's yep. got a cycle to its existence, um, no matter what you do. Yeah, and the curve remarkably similar in all the countries studied, whether they clamp down hard, some or not much. Uh huh. I was I was thinking driving in. I don't know what you think. We're not paying you to think. Uh, oh, that's right. We are. Sorry. Back to you. <laughs> um, How much to talk about going forward today and going forward, this whole Flynn unmasking Russia collusion story? <sighs> you know, in terms of, you know, for, for our purposes, we're, we're in the business of making a living. And the more people that listen, the easier it is to continue making a living. Uh, so that's really goal number one. Very um, solid analysis gone. Uh, um, <laughs> and uh, and and so you know, I have to start with how how interested people are in that story, mm-hmm. and then uh, secondly, you know, how important it is all over all overall. But it reminds me of a story that was huge. Jeez, now it's a dozen or more years ago, and some of you probably don't even know, won't even remember this, the Valerie Plame story. Oh yeah. And yep. she was married to somebody, and it, it featured Dick Cheney and the run-up to the war in Iraq and her uranium tubes. And, and somebody did go to prison, Scooter Libby, who is uh, Dick Cheney's chief of staff, ended up going to prison and stuff like that. But it was nonstop on your uh, left-leaning cable news channels. Right. And they were just sure this was the biggest scandal of all time. And, 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 and I remember at the time thinking, I don't know what you're talking about, and I'm positive that 8 out of 10 Americans are not paying attention to this. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if that's going to be true for this story. That doesn't, doesn't Not speaking to the importance of it, but just whether it's going to you know reach out to most Americans. Nobody on the left is going to hear about it at all. No, whereas in the the Valerie Plame thing, the entirety of the left media just 
it inflamed it constantly as much as they possibly. But nobody could. on the right was talking about it. I remember because I I would I, you know I'd watch my Fox shows and stuff like that, and there'd be zero information on a, on a particular day. You know, I managed to come across a fair amount, but I don't remember where I was looking. I would watch uh, you know an episode of Hardball, and it'd be an hour of Valerie playing uranium tubes and lying, and then you know weapons of mass destruction, and this is going to be so huge, and investigations and all mm-hmm. this. And then on Fox, I wouldn't hear one word about it. And and I don't think pe- middle-of-the-road people were following either. And I just wonder if that's not going to be the case with this story. Didn't Scooter, Scooter Libby get busted for making false statements? Yeah. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, oh, my God, what a blockbuster turn of events in the Flynn deal. Where the judge has appointed another judge to figure out whether we should recharge Flynn. The government said, no, there's no crime here. We're not going to charge him. We're, we're, sus- we're, we're eliminating this prosecution. The judge said, no, 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 I'm having too much fun. I'm having this retired judge step in. And even the New York Times said this is unprecedented. Judges will occasionally appoint a special advocate, for instance, like a case involving children. You have your CASA programs, your court-appointed special advocates who represent the interests of the child. Well, in this case, the judge has appointed a special advocate to represent the interests of the government after the government said, no, we don't want to prosecute. This is a strange, strange turn. Tell you more about that to come. Well, I have a conclusion of what I think is uh, is a very similar to the whole Michael Flynn story. And uh, I'll talk about that later. It's just my opinion. It could be wrong. I don't know. I think 80% of America won't care about this story. I guarantee it. And, uh, or, 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 you know, it's complicated it's partisan, and then even once you cross into the other side of the partisanship, you get, it's just complicated. And and then will anything ever happen of significance in terms of being, anybody being charged or anything happening, anybody being punished? Well, you can certainly accuse me of having an inflated uh, ego or regard for the show, but I think the answers to those questions depend on people like us, honestly. I think it's an egregious miscarriage of justice. I think it's a perversion of what the FBI is supposed to be and and what the FISA courts are supposed to do and how they're supposed to oh, do it. It absolutely is. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a short version of uh, of what I think this is like. I think it is just like now it's partially because I'm so cynical about government. I'm very cynical about government and I'm very cynical about our intelligence services. Ever have been ever since the Edward Snowden thing because I think he I think he absolutely let us all know the way this works. I think this whole thing is very similar to the um, the college scandal of rich people getting their, their kids into universities. Mm. It had been running that way forever. And people, and, and it was just, it was happening all the time, all over the place. And you know, the people in, at the top knew it. And they got so sloppy at some point that it spilled out into the real world. And people said, oh, we went a little too far. Right. I think this is exactly the same story. I think our intelligence services listen to whoever they want. They read their emails. They listen to you. They follow you, whatever. I think they do it whenever they want to whoever they want. They can get the FISA warrant anytime they want. I'm talking FBI, NSA, CIA, all these people. I think they do whatever the hell they want all the time. Mm. And they And unmasking people. It's just, it's, there are rules in place, but it's so willy-nilly. And I think they crossed the line 
toward the end of the Obama administration and into, you know, they're photoshopping the head of a kid onto a pole vaulter that's not even the same race and getting into USC. In terms of the FISA court applications, I think that's a great metaphor. All of it. Listening to people, following people, unmasking the whole thing. I think, I think they just, I think it just got so sloppy. They were so comfortable and entitled. Yeah. But, but it's been going on forever, mm-hmm. and they, and 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 now it's crossed the line. And you know how how much anybody's going to pay a price for it. I know, but they'll pull back a little bit, and they'll continue to spy on us and unmask us and do all that sort of stuff, but yeah. a little more quietly in administrations to come. That's what I one hundred percent believe. Yeah, well, there could be some reform, though. I mean, you can't deny the existence of reform in the past when the sins. Oh, no, it'll of knock the knock it down a little bit. It'll right. knock it down a little bit, but Maybe will it go away? Not a chance. Uh, okay. I'm too cynical about it, it. Well, if the best you can do is knock it back a little bit, let's knock it back a oh, little sure, bit. Oh, sure. I'm for that's, that. That's my but dude. Edward, Edward Snowden, his, his whole thing was, look, they're not supposed to do this, but they do it whenever they want. If they want to look at your records, they come up with a reason and they do it. Right. And I'm sure it's, that's what they do in all these intelligence agencies. Yeah. And then they got so sloppy at the end of the Obama administration, the ambassador to Italy could say, I'd like all this unmasked. And they said, okay, here's all the names. Mm-hmm. Whoever, whoever wants to know can know. It reminds me very much of what a baseball insider once told me. The uh, steroid tests in baseball are so easy to get around. They're not a steroid test. They're an intelligence test. And Comey and Clapper and... and Obama and Biden and, and, and Susan Rice and the rest of them, um, they just got so sloppy that they failed the intelligence test. Yeah. Okay. All built around the fact that they didn't think uh, Trump would win, so nobody would know and or care. Well, right, exactly. Yeah. They they knew and loved and owned the referee who was going to make the call right when Hillary got inaugurated. Um, Whoops. We got a bunch of other stuff, though. Uh, let's introduce our main the squad. Uh, there's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi, this morning, Michael. I'm very frustrated. Um, I have a wedding in October, and we're That's trying right. to we're trying to decide. I want to send out. I've sent out these. Uh, rem- what they call save, the date. Save, save the dates. We've yes. got ours on the refrigerator, Michael. The date has been so saved. So I got to send out the actual invitation soon. But I'm, I'm hoping that by you know October this stuff has gone away. Is it early October or late October? October 11th. Mm. Mm, Mid October. That's what I feared. <laughs> I haven't saved the date in my mind. I do have it on my calendar, but no. I haven't memorized it. Right. So we're trying to decide how to plan this thing. Is, is everything going to happen or? You know, I, I can pay? understand why you'd be concerned because do you have people flying in and stuff like that or is... yeah yeah, yeah. And also, oh no plus you you have to put down deposits and stuff and my biggest worry is we're trying to hold the money till the last minute sure. because if you that's put... a tough call because you know will we be flying and staying in hotel rooms and all that sort of stuff come October I sure as hell hope so but who knows I know we will you think so yes. you don't think there's gonna be a second wave and <sighs> I don't know I don't know. I'm just trying to keep the segment moving along. I don't know. <laughs> We're running late. Um, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. It was on this day in our history in the year 1787, May 14th. Delegates to the Constitutional Convention began to assemble in Philadelphia to confront a daunting task, the peaceful overthrow of the new American government as defined by the Article of Confederation. That sounds like really important. It sounds like something that uh, that I should know more about. Well, I'm assuming that has to do with the whole, uh, you know, uh, America being a great nation sort of thing. Is that, <laughs> am I, that good? It's good analysis. Am I correct in, in, in piecing this together? It's in that wheelhouse, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. How did it get to be already the day of, how come my phone's not, some days my phone doesn't show the date, which is weird. Well, it's someday. I don't know what date it is. I'm guessing it's Thursday. Oh, it's the f- Thursday the 14th, I believe. Okay, my phone doesn't tell me that. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's begin now officially according to FCC rules and regulations at Mark. 
And I saw Joe Biden on television yesterday. And if you watch him, he knows nothing. He knows absolutely nothing. It's a blanket statement. That's some high uh, flying political rhetoric there. Uh, Joe Biden is a dummy. So we got lots to come on that. Uh, the stuff Trump said, too, about Biden, which is kind of fun. Right. Uh, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's standing. Fabulous. Oh, next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How the porn industry is going to lead away, lead the way, to the country opening back up again. <sighs> also, a judge said no to a governor who wanted to extend stay-at-home orders, so uh, we'll look at that state. Yes, indeed, an interesting decision, and, and, and we will consider it. I've, I've been considering your quote-unquote cynicism. And I've uh, been exploring in my own mind and in the minds of others, Jack, the difference between cynicism and realism. And uh, I'd like to talk about it, mm. that a little bit later on. We will also. Oh, oh man, did we get a lot of great email about um, uh, teaching your kids at home and, oh, and yeah. distance learning and a lot of texts, too. I know yeah. we'll be talking about that uh, right now. Mailbag. So anyway, uh, Jack was talking about the percentage of people who will even hear about this Flynn stuff and the miscarriage of justice and the rest of it. And uh, I was reminded of one of my favorite Samuel Adams quotes, and this will be our freedom-loving quote of the day. It does not take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority keen Mm. on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men. Mm. And girls, too. They just always said men back in the day. Sorry about that. More proof you've made the big time, writes Ron. I was using the word Unicornia in a text for the very first time this morning, and it was already in my phone's dictionary. Whoa, really? You guys are all over the place. Go, man. <laughs> Go, man. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. <laughs> Hilarious. Ah, I love Look that. Look at that. See a person up there? What? That drives what? me crazy. You got, you got a congressperson with a mask on yes. on TV, but it's down around their chin. It's not over their mouth. I see this all the time. Tell me. It's, 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 she's got it there. She got it on her mouth and nose, and then she takes it down to be interviewed, then lifts it back up again. As at a restaurant To show that she's still wearing right, a mask. Right, 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 right. Yes. But you're not using it in a way that's, that's doing anything. Right. Um, I was at a restaurant drive through yesterday, and I looked through there, and somebody was doing that in the restaurant. And I just... Either wear the mask or don't. Don't. I just, for some reason, that really bothers me, the whole, I got it on. Ah! I'd rather you didn't have one on. Mm. Well, then I get fired. Yeah, exactly. I have to have it down around my chin. Here's another encouraging note, this time from Ken. Working people and small businesses have a message for Democrats in our government. America needs will-do, not mildew. Now! I guess he's working on a chant? Will America do? needs will do, not mill do. What, what's, what's getting moldy in this mil, scenario? Mil, mil, we, yeah, we're, 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 the, the economy is shut down. That's mill do? It's getting moldy and mildewed. It's dusty, Jack. We need to dust it off. We need to re. We need to pull the chain. We need to turn the key. We need to kick it in its ass. <laughs> and will do, not mill do. Who's with me? <laughs> you having a good time, Joe? <laughs> 
Hey, Jim in Chula Vista, California, with a great, great point here. The the feminists, and I actually, I've found this fairly persuasive, but have created what they call the Bechdel test to determine whether uh, a fiction or a movie is woke enough. I, I would say whether it takes women seriously as, as real beings yeah, as opposed to yeah. sex objects. The test is, if there's a scene with two or more women, where they're talking to each other. There has to be a scene with two or more women where they're talking to each other about a topic that's not a man, the leading man. Just portraying women as having lives outside of, you know, whatever, the hot man. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Imagine if this type of test was turned on the mainstream media. Whenever a piece of media could exist, blah, blah, blah. Whether in the story a conservative or a conservative policy position is stated not purely for the purpose of refuting it. If it doesn't pass this test, the piece of media is designated as left propaganda and derided. I think that's a really good point, Jim, and a good comparison. Uh, we got a lot to catch you up on on the way. I hope you'll stay here. Um, and I'm out of time. We're all out of time. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Like most of us, Biden has been hunkered and bunkered at his home. He's been holding online campaign events, and that's not going to change anytime soon. According to his team, Biden plans to continue campaigning virtually from home. It makes sense. You know the old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if it is broke, but rising in the polls, lock it in the basement. Yeah, that's absolutely true. <clears throat> Struck by his opening statement, though, like most of us, uh, confined to home. I ain't the way it looks out there in, in my life, driving back and forth to work, and things are so close to back to normal now, it's almost hard to remember this is going on. Right. As I go to, like, you know, only the fact that a lot of the stores of the strip mall are closed, but there's still a ton of cars about and traffic. Traffic is now, yes, there's a place on my way home for the past two months I've been stopping to relieve myself along the highway. Mm-hmm. Um, very earthy. Very classy, I realize. A little bit of an overshare. <laughs> Couldn't do it Thank yesterday. Thank you, Sean. Somebody had to say it. <laughs> Couldn't do it yesterday because there's too many cars. I got okay, There's a car coming. Wait, comes by. There's another car coming. It's back to the way it used to be, where I couldn't stop there because wow. there's so many cars out and about. Wow. I have and so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later with all the questions. You can you see you. my privates? Can you, can you? Can you see my privates? Can you, can you? You've got to get a, uh, a porta potty, put it on a trailer, and just pull it everywhere you go. Or commute in your RV. It's not 4th and Broadway in a city. It's out in the country where there's seldom traffic. Commuting in an RV, would that not be the ultimate American act? Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, it would be. Oh, boy. Uh, we got to mention this. Uh, You know, it's Thursday, so that means the jobless claims come out. Almost 3 million people again. 3 million more? 3 million more jobless claims. uh, Adding to the two-month tally, we're now eight weeks in with 36 million people. Well, if we open too quickly, though, there are risks. 36 million people that are out of work that weren't out of work just eight weeks ago. And how many of us have taken a pay cut uh, in that amount of time and will for a while to come? I know we had a somewhat different plan uh, for what we were going to do with this segment, but I cannot restrain myself. Uh, That that, uh, quote from uh, what's his face there, Colbert. That was Colbert, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
about everybody in their basement reminds me of one of the great ANG truths. We ought to come up with the 10 truths. That's our DJ book. That's our talk show host book. The 10 truths of Armstrong and Getty. Maybe we can come up are, with a better, are we on better the, title. Are we on the cover standing back to back with our arms crossed smiling at the camera? Yes, but in dark suits. Okay. So we look like serious people. Anyway, one of the great truths is you should not take in life through the eyes of the media because they are a unique brand of human clustered tightly in Manhattan, Washington. <laughs> Shut up. This is a lot of words. Just because you don't know what they mean. I'm, that was unnecessarily wow, hard. Wow. Uh, why would I demean Where my friend, Sean? Where did that come from? I have a lot of anger. Yeah, I was thinking, like, thou shall not kill, right? We need direct calls to action or inaction. <laughs> okay. All right. At the head of the chapter, I'll, I'll boil it down. This is the rough draft. Here's the text of the chapter. Don't take in the world through the media. They are clustered in Manhattan the beltway of D.C. and Los Angeles, and live extremely different lives than you do, for one thing. And most of them are either crazy rich or under contract and have no fear of losing their jobs. The thou shalt not kill would be New York is not America. Nice. Which This is why I need a co-author. I'm so (laughs) scattered. (laughs) But I heard somebody say the other day that their fear is... We closed down as if everywhere is a New York, right. and we're opening up as if everywhere is rural Montana. Well, I and don't, I don't know if I, I well, no. I don't agree with that. But no, that's, that, that, that was their concern. It's but absolutely the, not. The bad. first part is certainly true. Right. We closed down as if everywhere is New York. Right. And if you take the world in through the eyes of the media, the waitresses and 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 plumbers and and retail workers and the millions, the thirty six and a half million people and counting, and the numbers way higher than that because of the you know delay in getting jobless claims filed and getting somebody to pick up the phone, et cetera. But so you're looking at forty forty five million Americans who are out of work now. Where is their voice among the media elite? You people claim to be so you know into the little guy, but you're there in Manhattan, terrified of the COVID. And that's fine. But, for instance, on Nakedly Progressive Radio this morning, I happened to hear a guy reporting on the Wisconsin story where the, the governor-slash-health lady's uh, order was overturned by the court, and uh, the, the anchorette was asking indignantly about what's happening there. Does anybody... And he said, you know, really, county by county, it's a patchwork. The urban counties are still locking down, the ur- and the rural counties seem to be mostly open. And they're expressing that as if it was a, a terrible problem. I know. I know. It's just so confusing. Oh, God. Oh, it's enough to make me insane listening to this. All right, Michael, transition music. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't remember what we were talking about. No, there you go. All right, on to something else. So I got a couple of school-age kids, a second grader and a fourth grader, and we were talking yesterday a little about the lockdown and how it's affecting schools. Oh, I know what started it. I hadn't even considered the fact that there might not be school in the fall, and now it's regularly being discussed mm. that school won't come back in the fall. Some giant college systems have all, already announced that. And so I was throwing out the question of what percentage of of you know uh, a regular school day do you think your kids are getting in terms of education and everything like what that? What percentage of learning? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah okay. So far, yeah. how far behind are we getting? Yeah. And if we add a whole nother you know half a year to it. 
And I threw out, I said, I'd like to say 50%, but I think if I'm being realistic with my own son, a fourth grader, probably 30%. Mm. And, you know, part of it is the limitations uh, on the school end of it, and then part of the limitations on on my end of it, of, you know, not doing as good a job as I could of overseeing it and all that sort of stuff, because I have a job and whatnot. Right. Um, uh, but so I threw that out to the listeners, expecting higher numbers, and got lots of texts. I don't think anybody said over 50%. There was like 150%, a whole bunch of 30s and 40s, and quite a few five tens and twenties of what percentage of a regular school they think their kids are getting out of this. Uh, I'll hit you with a couple of texts. Um, my ninth grader, a couple of things I got out of this is it varies from teacher to teacher, which is not surprising. Varies from kid to kid. Cause like I said, there's two ends of it. There's a T te- there's this, the other end of the screen and there's this end of the screen. Of course. Yeah. My ninth graders getting about 25 to 30% of learning of a normal day. Not all his classes are participating online. My seventh grader, probably 50 to 60%. Although he's struggling with depression, he needs the socializing aspect of school. Yeah, my fourth grader is that way. He's so social, and that's so important to him. It's just killing him that he's at home and all his friends are out there. And they Facebook, but, you know, it's not the same. Yeah, there is allegedly, and I believe this, a huge increase and explosion in uh, anxiety and depression among young kids right now. Because they're not having the interaction that they crave. Um, Uh, Again, again, we're going to trust science and data. We're not going to reopen. We're not going to make this about politics. Such a stupid dodge. Depressed There's children. There's so many factors involved. Another one. One kid in third grade is getting a great amount of organized video, Zoom, written content, and support. The other fifth grade is getting con- a confusing bulk mass of content with little direction. It seems to have c- cornered the old school teachers and caught them uh, unaware. I don't know if that's true or not. So. I know th- there's certainly got to be an element of that. I like this one. This might relate to you. We thought our fourth grade son might be actually learning more at home when we first started in March. But with a full-time job, it's getting steadily harder to find the time. Besides, I don't know how to teach his math. I underwrite millions of dollars in business loans, but I don't understand the way they do their fractions. No. So we just hired a math tutor to work with him once a week, and we make him read. Other than that, we kind of called the year done. I think there's a lot of that. Well, yeah, the common core math has got to be an enormous problem. Yeah. We 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 hired a tutor too. If you can do that, it's great. If right. you can't, if we couldn't, we'd be so far behind. And one more I want to hit you specifically up on common core and that's kind of yeah. one of their selling yeah. units. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. after thousands of years of modern mathematics, they've changed it. Archimedes would have to hire a tutor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I won't name the name, but I know a uh, a Stanford PhD professor who said they had to hire a tutor once they got to seventh grade to deal with the math portion. Good, and this is somebody who deals in a you know a, a STEM sort of world. Yeah, but don't worry, it's not just a fad and a trend in education. It's 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 this is the good way. But back to the the the, the shelter at home distance learning. Hey, Jack, listener for twenty years. I'm a male teacher, I'm Zooming my fourth grade class, and I'm still getting 30 out of 30 participation. Because of isolation, my students don't know the lack of attendance in other classrooms, and I haven't told them it's not graded, so their output work is constant. I can't imagine the education gap, even between classes next year, my students should be getting, uh, My, my students will be sitting next to other classes that are not doing as well. But I agree, the education gap is going to be the problem. Yeah. It varies so much from kid to kid, class to class, district to district. How in the world are you going to have kind of the standardized, this is what a fifth grader knows? Right, right. Yeah, that's that's a great challenge. And it also strikes me that for teachers, this is a lot like taking a, a great comedic actor and saying, all right, now we're going to do improv. 
some are going to be pretty good at it. Some are going to be utterly incapable. I mean, it's just such a change in paradigm that, you know, some will sink, some will swim. If your kid has the sinking teacher, well, they're going to learn a hell of a lot less than the kid on the next block I, who's I, got, uh, you know... You know, the more talented teacher in this new media. I know you got a bunch of me- emails about it, but no, it, just, we'll get to it, it reminds me that, um, and we've said this several times, the whole falling in love with technology, just because you can do it this way doesn't mean it's the best way to do it. I, w- I was on an appointment yesterday. Um, I'll be vague, but I was on an appointment yesterday, and the, the the video kept cutting it out, and I kept thinking to myself, why are we not just on the phone together? This would be fine. We don't need to see each other's faces. Right. But everybody kept freezing up, and, and and if one person started to talk, you couldn't hear this, and there's no way you could interject. And I thought, why are we doing this? Just because the technology exists? Or why aren't you, you know, 10 feet apart in the courtyard of the building where whoever works or whatever? In a part of the world with practically no cases. And I think there'd be an advantage to some of the schooling to think, is there, what are ways to do it that don't have anything to do with Zoom or WebEx or maybe even the Internet at all? Mm -hmm. What are some of the things we could do? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I excuse the world to some degree for thinking, all right, this is the most similar to what we've been doing. Mm hmm. Um, and so this is our first choice. It, it takes going through stuff once or twice. It's funny setting my mole traps the other day, trying to murder the moles who were murdering my yard. The first one was quite difficult to arm and set up. The second one was effortless. And that's the way life is a lot. It so, is. You know. And most of the time you never do something. So often you never do something twice. I think that all the time. I now know how to re-insulate the inside of a dryer. Right. <laughs> And it then took when me you're... 15 hours. If I had to do it again, I could do it in 30 minutes, but I'll never do it again. Well, my favorite aspect of that sort of thing is is the sort of job that you have to do like once every six and a half years. And so every single time, it's the first time. And you think, I did it. I just can't remember. I know there's a trick. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> anyway, so I think, we'll, uh, I think we will get a lot better at this sort of thing. Having gone through it once, let's hope China doesn't unleash a new, you know, bat fever or monkey pock or, 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 or kangaroo gonorrhea or whatever. Wow, kangaroo next gonorrhea. Year. Who knows what they're doing? How do you get Just that? godforsaken communist labs. Did somebody sex up a kangaroo, or did it escape from the lab? Trump says it escaped from a lab. Oh, boy. The kangaroo escaped from a lab. There's no proof of that. Oh, we almost got through the entire segment without mentioning Trump. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein is dead. Did he kill himself? Was he killed? There was something happening here that was bigger than just Jeffrey Epstein. He was known as this Gatsby-like figure of mystery. He was stunningly rich. He had a $20 million house, his own private island in the Caribbean. He has a nickname, the Pedophile Island. 
new Netflix special about oh, Jeffrey Epstein. Yes. I'll bet that's going to be pretty good. The conclusion of, you know, did he kill himself? Did somebody kill him? Uh, could wear me out. But the background. Yeah, we already know the answer to that. <laughs> the, the background, I think, is I think a lot of Americans are going to be shocked. The politicians and heavyweights in Hollywood and everybody. Oh, yeah. Tied into his yeah. crazy lifestyle and how he lived that way for so long openly and nobody seemed to care. Oh, no, no. If you can spread money around uh, in good times, the politicos won't hesitate to hang around you, please. You can Net- be as filthy as can be. Netflix with a new documentary, but is, does he own a tiger or at all? They no, one? no. And this is Not a single tiger. This is going to hurt it. This is a docu-series. Oh, right. right it's right, one right. of those things. Yes. It's going to be multiple episodes or How whatever. How many? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen a number yet. It, it, yeah. it debuts later on this month. Well, if a single NBA season is 10... I gotta believe the guy's entire life uh, as a pedophile. Oh, Lord, no. has got to be uh, thirty or forty episodes. But, but gravity <laughs> is the soul of documentaries. Come on. Uh, before we go on, uh, that was the one of two kind of big profile documentary trailers that dropped yesterday. The other one is about Lance Armstrong, and I want to play this one simply because I think you'll recognize some similarities in the tonal qualities of these two trailers <laughs> for documentaries. Okay. All the praise that we put upon him was all well-deserved. Winning seven Tour de France is not easy. That's extremely difficult to do. The French media began taking shots at Armstrong <laughs> yeah. last week. Actually- so, so I see your point. So documentaries <laughs> might have a problem in terms of PR. You've got to differentiate yourself somehow, I think. Boom. Well, yeah. there seems to be exactly. I was Lance say, Armstrong two- owned a tiger that killed Jeffrey Epstein? I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> Well-known French tour de tiger. Um, there are apparently two voiceover guys for the entire industry. There are three pieces of moody and slightly ominous music. And whoever invented boom has gotten very, very rich or is getting ripped off because it is completely obligatory. I dare you to make a documentary with a trailer that doesn't have a boom. We might have to have that sound around just for whenever he... And then... <laughs> and then Michael Flynn stepped into the room. Oops. <laughs> and then my wife said to me, Joe... <laughs> oh, my God, that's funny. In a world. So, <laughs> I just came across this video. We'll have to post it. It won't be uh, available till later. i got to get it to Hanson. But alarming video shows how quickly... All right. Alarming video shows how quickly coronavirus can spread at a restaurant. They did something kind of interesting. They got some uh, liquid fluorescent paint, and they put it on one person's hand a little bit, like if they had sneezed into their hand. Yeah. Then all these people uh, ate at a buffet for an hour. Ten people ate at a buffet at an hour with one person who had sneezed into their hand with this little fluorescent paint. Then at the end of the hour, they turned off the lights. Yes. To see where the uh, the virus would have spread in that hour. And it was on practically freaking everything. It it was shocking and amazing. Then I read some of the comments from scientists that said, well, this doesn't mirror in any way how a virus would blah, blah, blah. And so I thought, uh, but then then I thought, okay, you people are being a little precious about this because it's just, it's extraordinary. I mean, you know, a bacteria or a virus or whatever, even if the effect isn't quite what the what it suggested it is, it's still amazing. Oh, yeah, I was reading the story yesterday about somebody coughing in a room and then an hour later droplets still hanging in the air and all that sort of stuff. You walk into a room that hasn't met anybody in there in 45 minutes. Yeah. But 45 minutes ago, somebody sneezed in there. 
You know, I do not bring this up to be gross or childish for once. Um, but smells are organic particles floating in the air. Yeah. An aggressive scent. That you, that you are made to sense. That's one of the reasons I've never thought flatulence is funny. <laughs> like you third graders. I don't think flatulence is as funny as you and your attitude toward flatulence is. But it's funny. But yeah, that's that's organic particles. So yeah, for instance, uh, and they hang in the air for quite some time. You may have noticed that. I mean, did you see that? Where was that old folks' home? Was that New Jersey where seventy-three people died? Mm. I mean, that's extraordinary. Oh, I know. It's, it's it's terrible, and uh, it was underappreciated and underreported. I think that the folks who work in those homes were crying out for personal protective gear for themselves and their patients. The number of uh, nursing home workers who've died is shocking. It's terrible. You know, if you get this stuff concentrated enough and get enough cases of it, you'll see horrific results, particularly among the old. For the rest of us, not so much. So Wisconsin opened back up and people descended upon the bars. I think that's kind of funny. Yeah, I hate air. Welcome to Wisconsin. First I thing love I'm Wisconsin. doing, I'm going to go to the bar and get a beer there. Hey? The bar's open. Let's go Maybe to the bar. We live in Wisconsin. Right. Um, and the new jobless numbers are out. And uh, Oh, boy. Oh, boy. is right. Armstrong and Getty. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.